Welcome back to another episode of Rewilding for Women, where we talk practices, we talk themes, we talk ways in which we can start to transform, where we can start to awaken, where we can start to evolve and shift our consciousness to higher levels, thus changing every aspect in our lives. So no small feat then. (laughs) I'm your host, Sabrina Lynn, founder of Rewilding. This episode, we're going to dive into some really deep inner places within our psyches, within the collective, within women's circles. So specifically, some of the wounding or patterning or hidden aspects within women's mindsets, within women's groups, within women's circles, within so-called sisterhood or tribe. Um, it's a, it's an intense place to start to explore within self can bring up a lot of stuff, especially when we go in very honestly, very openly, very vulnerably into this conversation. Um, we use the archetypes, I shouldn't say use, we open to the archetypes of Medusa and Athena and the myth between those two as a doorway into this part of our psyches, into this part of our energetic beings, into this part of the collective conscious or the collective unconscious for most of it. Okay, that's enough of me rambling on Um, I will invite you to our website if that feels right for you, rewildingforwomen.com. It's getting a completely new makeover very shortly, Um, but if you're called to be part of the community, would love for you to subscribe to the newsletter on that website. Also, we've got a Facebook group, which is where this was recorded. So if you're interested in ever being on these podcasts live, these recordings live, feel free to just search Facebook for Rewilding for Women and you'll hopefully find us. Um, It's a group right now of about 30,000. And I say that simply because there are a couple of other groups out there that some women have said they got confused by. Um, So they ended up somewhere that wasn't us. Um, All right. That's enough for me. Enjoy this episode. And if I can share one last thing, if you go into it from a space of that openness, that vulnerability, that rawness, I think you'll be able to get something out of it. All right, enjoy. Let's talk about this eclipse astrology. Let's talk about what to hell with nice get raw. I love you, woman. I love you. We'll get there. I promise. Um, The eclipse. So eclipse energy is all about revealing the hidden. Always. Every new, every eclipse whether it be a lunar eclipse or a solar eclipse, every eclipse is about revealing that which is hidden. It's like shining the light on the dark places. It's um, also an opportunity for new beginnings. It's an opportunity for death and rebirth of things. It's big transformation, but it's transformation from a very high voltage, very lightning-like, very quick, and our systems typically don't like it right? Because it's really quick. It's really rapid. And it's places that we don't, that we kept hidden. And we kept them hidden a lot of times because it's more comfortable 
to keep those places hidden because they're not nice to see. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. Now, um, that's the only thing I want to talk about on Eclipse. I want to talk about why it is an amazing time right now to be looking at Medusa and Athena. Um, so because the eclipse shines a light on the hidden, it shines a light on shadow aspects or aspects of archetypal energy that are not prominent and out in the world. So Pallas Athena is right in the mix of this eclipse. She's conjunct the eclipse. I believe she is the closest archetypal energy um, to conjunct, to be conjunct with this eclipse, which is big. It's, it's, a, it's a big thing. It's a big thing for her to be there. So what it does is it, um, it brings her, her energy out, right? So as above, so, so below. Um, that which is without is also within. And so when out here externally, the Athena, the Pallas Athena asteroid is being lit up like it's nobody's business, that particular part of self is also being lit up like it's nobody's business. So it will, this is quite a beautiful thing, is that it will show us when we work consciously with it. Also, this can be unconscious in our lives. We're working with it and we don't know we're working with it, but it will show us how healthy she is, how open she is, how healthy, how awake, how divinely inspired she is, right? So it's that channel and we talk about how open is that channel, how clean is that channel, how clear is that channel, that energy. Is there any rubble in the line? Is there any wounding that sits in that line? Now in normal astrology, this is just, this is Sabrina's feel and this is what I've witnessed um, in working with other women, is Pallas Athena, she is an amazing warrior to work with, right? She is the warrior woman archetype of warrior women archetypes. She's a virginal goddess, um, which means she doesn't have um, the sacred union aspects. She doesn't have marriage. She was strictly warrior, like the Wonder Women. So you see the movie Wonder Woman. That's, Pal that's Pallas Athena to a T. That is the perfect description of Pallas Athena. Um, and working with her, there are a couple different shadow aspects, but this is one that's hidden very, very deep, especially when working in groups of women, especially when it's women's work, women's circle, when it's sisterhood, when it's tribe, and it takes a lot of courage and a lot of honesty to be able to go into these places. And a lot of trust. It takes a lot of trust to be vulnerable with a group of women, talking to them about how you don't trust them, right? That's not easy. Um, it's very, very healing and it's very, very beautiful, but it's also not easy to sit in a circle of women and say, I don't trust you. I actually hate women's circles. I hate this and this and this and this and this rubs me wrong and this freaks me out and this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. That is not easy to do. And I have seen women do that in circle and it is profound and it is huge. It takes a lot of bravery and it takes a lot of courage to do that. I'm sharing that from a standpoint of 
can we all step into that as we go into this? So can we step into that place of huge bravery and huge courage, huge vulnerability, huge rawness about self? So this is about self. This is not about other. This is not about the woman sitting next to you. It's not about the woman across the circle. It is about you. So when we step into this space, we don't get to talk about somebody else has done something to me. We get to talk about how I'm feeling in response to whatever has happened how I'm feeling, what's happening for me, where has this taken me, what has this opened up in me, what has this shown me. This is one of the most beautiful gifts of sisterhood. It is one of the most beautiful, profound gifts that we can be given, that we can experience when we sit in deeply sacred space with women who can hold that right? When we sit in rawness, vulnerability, openness, and we can hold that, right? That's what I'm asking us to step into now. I know we're on a podcast. I know we're on a live stream. I know you might be sitting in a Facebook group and going, I'm on fucking social media, Sabrina. You've got to be joking me. We can transcend everything, right? It's simply about changing where our radio station is tuned into. So we can all step right above the fact of where we're listening to this. And it's not about the woman next to you. Again, it's about you. It's about you stepping into that place. It's about you stepping into the place of openness, rawness, vulnerability, courage, great bravery as we go into this. So I want to talk a little bit about this Athena myth in relation to Medusa. So right now, as I mentioned before, the eclipse is shining a spotlight on Athena, shining a light on Athena's most hidden places, deepest, darkest, most hidden places, places where the world has and the collective has kind of glossed over or painted over or hasn't really talked about and so again, if that's outside of us, that's also somewhere energetically in us, unless we've worked through it, of course. Um, and for some of us, I also want to say this when working archetypally, there are certain archetypes that are much stronger in us than others. So some of us, this will be profound. These will be like primary archetypal energies within us. We all have them to a certain degree though. So it's worthwhile exploring a variety of archetypes simply because we have all of them. And a lot of times we don't know which ones are really strong in us until we start opening up and exploring them. Okay. So, um, when we shine this light on Pallas Athena, we have to look at what on earth did she do to Medusa? What on earth was going on for Pallas Athena, this great warrior? What on earth was going on for her when she cursed Medusa? So it was Pallas Athena who cursed Medusa, turned Medusa from this beautiful maiden, highly sexual, beautiful maiden. She was one of three sisters. She was the most gorgeous, most glorious of the three sisters, right? Many, 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 many suitors. And it was Pallas Athena who turned her into the snake-headed Gorgon, who if you look at her, you will turn to stone. 
we gloss over that. I wasn't told that. I was always told that Medusa was the beast, right? I was told that Medusa was the bad one. Medusa was nasty. Medusa was horrible. It's kind of like the snake theme, right? Medusa's very much serpent, snake goddess, very much related to that. And that power in the feminine, that potency in the feminine, that sexuality in the feminine. But I grew up watching movies with my dad of Perseus taking the head off of Medusa and cheering, right? I thought I was cheering for the good side. <laughs> I thought it was on the good guy's side. But I didn't know the myth of it. So I didn't know that at the heart of it, it was Pallas Athena. I did not know that at the heart of it, it was another woman who turned her into this beastly gorgon and then... Um, I, I believe she exiled her into, she did, at least in some of the myths, right? All the stories kind of change and they're very different. So now let's talk about self really quick. Let's just talk about self. Or let's breathe into self as we do this. So now let's start to, this is the beauty of myth and archetype, is that... <laughs> We can start to feel into them external to us so it doesn't hurt as much, right? Does this make sense? So when we feel into archetype and myth external to us, we're not, our defenses are a little bit weakened, right? Do you see this? I'm not getting very defensive in myself or very protective in myself because the sword isn't being pointed at me. It's being pointed right now at Pallas Athena, right? I'm just making this link. This is how this work works. This is how rewilding works, works and many other archetypal practices work is you start to go into out here because that which is out here is also in here. So you start to feel this link, but we're gonna stay external to ourselves in order to help us with our own protective mechanisms, our own defense mechanisms and our ways, our mind's ways of not wanting to see certain things about ourselves. So let's keep going. Don't worry, we're gonna point the sword back at ourselves in a minute. But until we get there, let's keep talking about this. So, external to us, Pallas Athena. Now, why did she do that? So we have to talk about why she did that. And you can start to feel into how this might relate in your life. Who you've played, which parts you've played. Have you played Medusa? Have you played Athena? Have you played them both? How has that shown up in your life? When have you exiled somebody out of your life? Now here's the next bit, and this bit I love. So, Pallas Athena is a virginal goddess. Virginal goddess, right? You feel into Pallas Athena when you do experiential work with Pallas Athena. I have not seen a woman yet to come up with or to experience Hygieia-like, um, Kundalini awakening, um, sexuality in Pallas Athena. It's not part of her energetic makeup. It's not part of her blueprint, her archetypal blueprint. She's a virginal goddess. There's a reason she's put in the category of warrior virginal goddess. She's never had a lover. She's never had a partner. So Medusa, Medusa is a priestess to Athena. So Medusa says, I will vow to a life of celibacy in order to be a priestess under you, Athena. So this is Medusa's vow. Celibacy 
under Athena all is well, all is good. Athena, Medusa, they're getting along like wildfire. Medusa is able to devote all of her energy, all of her Shakti, all of her sacred sexuality to the temple. Right, so she's not um, she's not focused on family. She's not focused on man. Right, all of her energy is able to focus here. Now, here's where the myth gets interesting, and there's two different versions of this myth, but the same character is in all of the versions. It's Poseidon. Poseidon is Neptune. So when you look at astrology, it's Neptune. Neptune's also pretty big in this eclipse in a beautiful way. Um, there's beautiful aspects to Neptune. Um, but Poseidon, Neptune, is god of the sea. Poseidon either <laughs> rapes Medusa. So this is one form of the myth, is that Poseidon rapes Medusa. That act in itself is Medusa breaking her vow of celibacy. Or the other side of the myth or the other way of talking about the myth is that Medusa just fell in love with Poseidon. Medusa fell in love with Poseidon. They got married. They had a beautiful love affair. Pallas Athena found out. So, and you can feel into what feels true for you or you can read different myths. For me, it doesn't matter. For me, I can feel, this is what I feel in the shadow aspect of Athena, and this is something beautiful to feel into, is one, what is her reaction to betrayal? So what is her reaction to a betrayal? So Medusa, let's say Medusa took a vow of celibacy. Circumstances changed. She fell in love. Life changes. She wanted to be with Poseidon. But what is Alice Athena's response to that. What is her response to what she perceives as betrayal? Now, there's a whole other story to it. There's Medusa's side of the story. But what is Pallas's response to what felt like hurt, betrayal? I don't know what else Pallas Athena felt, but it wasn't pretty, obviously, because she cursed her. She turned her into a fucking monster. So that's one aspect to feel into is... What is her reaction? Right, re retribution, Becca. Hell yeah, sister. Hell yeah. I was just listening to Carol Carolyn Mace go off about retribution and, and that part of us and how it's not nice and it's not divinized, right? That is not a clean, healthy part. That is not clean. It's gross. Um, punish her to maintain order. Right? There's a whole list of things, and I love this. And if, and if there are more comments to feel into or that come to you, I think it's beautiful to share them here because I think it will give other women with us insights. Um, um, hurt, sadness, hurt her for this. Medusa didn't come to Athena with her love for him. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll leave you guys to, to chat and to share, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue on. So one is to feel into that. Two, and this is something that I have experienced experientially when going into Medusa, is Medusa's jealousy. Jealousy for something she did not have, right? 
jealousy for what another woman is able to experience or do or be or look like or act like, right? So that's something that we have to take a look at in this myth. We have to look at that. And you can feel that running rampant in our society amongst women. You feel it everywhere. You feel even when we sit in big, huge circle, right? This is, it's in our psyches. It's ingrained in our culture. It is ingrained in the collective. And it is this, this competition thing. It's this constant comparison, constant comparison. And it is so deeply patterned. It is so deeply rooted in us as women. And part of the gift of this palace Athena eclipse and part of the gift of what's going on energetically probably both in our personal world and exterior to us is this thing is coming out and it is ugly right it doesn't look good it's not pretty we want to pretend it's not there we want to say it's not there we want to say that we're not comparing ourselves to somebody else we want to say that And this is where it gets, this is where the gift of working archetypally can help us to slowly shine the light, turn the sword back on ourselves and go, where am I judging? Where am I comparing? Where am I jealous? And that is the most disgusting word that none of us want to own. We do not want to own it, right? We don't. We don't, we hate it, we hate it. We don't wanna say we're jealous. We'll pretend anything else other than we'll, we're jealous, right? We'll, we'll do lots of wild things in order to say anything but I'm comparing, I'm judgmental as shit, and I'm jealous as shit, right? For a woman to sit in a circle, and I have sat in circles, um, especially mystery school circles, right? Those are deep, those are deep circles where there is big space held for whatever to arise, whatever to be looked at. And this always comes up. It has to. It has to. If it doesn't, you're not doing deep work. Look, and also just want to say that circles can be formed with various intentions, various um, aims and missions and purposes, right? Some circles can be formed to raise our babies together and that is amazing and that is beautiful and you probably won't come up against too much sisterhood wound, although you might, depending <laughs> on how deep these things go. Um, but when you come into a circle, when you come into sis sisterhood, when you come into a space where the aim is transformation, where the aim is evolution, where the aim is awakening, we have to see this stuff. We have to see it. And we have to be able to talk about it. And we have to be able to own it. We have to be able to. We have to be able to shine the light back on ourselves and go, what am I projecting on this circle of women? What are my judgments? What are the stories that I'm telling myself about this circle of women or about this woman in particular, right? Th this is the work. 
this is where the big transformation is at, the big evolution. This is the stuff that will change every relationship that you have with another woman. It's going able. It's being able, giving yourself the space and the love. This takes a lot of love. It takes a lot of trust to be able to go into these spaces, to be able to be honest. Like, you all scare me, right? You're sitting in a circle of women and you say, you all scare me. I have past life flashes of being burnt at the stake for you all. You all turned me in at one point. I am so deathly afraid of you that I do wild things from my wounding. This is the other thing for us to really look at in this eclipse. And right now, while Pallas Athena is getting a spotlight shined on her and Medusa's up in the mix, right? Medusa's conjunct Venus. That is a beautiful place to be. Um, it's the... It's... Totally lost my train of thought. I just got distracted with astrology and I saw the whole astrology chart of what the eclipse looks like in my head. And now I don't know what I was saying before. Um, oh gosh. It's the. Oh, Esther, this is so good. Um, this might be just that we're shifting gears now and going into the next thing. Um, the original wound. I love that. And, and I probably won't use this wording right. Um, some people talk about original wound or core wound or um, it is it is deep. And I also feel like right now we're in a time not just because of the Athena and Medusa um, stuff that's going on in the eclipse energy, but I feel like it is such a magnificent time for us all to start to look at, this is what I was going to say before, ah, Esther, you gave it to me, thank you, around wounding, um, is far out, it just slips away again, it's so funny how it does that, um, is the, the wounding coming back to, this is it, Am I speaking from a wound? Am I acting from a wound? Or am I acting from love? Where am I acting from? Am I acting from a place in myself that is fear? Am I acting from a place in myself that is scared, that is little girl-ish, that is hurt, that has been wounded? Am I acting from that place? Or am I acting from a place of love? Am I coming from wounding or love? Wounding or love? Wounding or love? Where am I coming from? And I'm going to tell you that every time, this is a hard truth. This is a hard truth to own. This is a hard place to live. Every single time we are triggered by something, there is something in it for us. There is something there. Every time we can't stay at the heights, right? So the heights, you know what the heights are like. The heights are those days when everything is clear, right? You're feeling totally in balance, totally aligned. You're connected. You're just oozing love, right? Radiance. And you're just clear, crystal clear, crystal clear, right? Every time something knocks you out of that place, there's something in it for you. That's the path, 
right? That's us, that's evolution. We get to stay in this place longer, more consistently, through many more wild obstacles being thrown at us. We don't get to not live in this human existence. We don't get to not be human. We fucking signed up for it. We need to own it. It sucks. I know we can complain about it all we want, but it's not going to fucking change the fact that you said, yep, I'm going to be human. And I said, yep, I'm going to be human. This is messy. This is going to be messy, but we're here. And it's how can we stay in that place amidst all of the messiness? right? Amidst this being thrown at me, this coming at me, this being chucked at me, this weird thing happening with Trump and this wild thing happening over across the other side of the world from me, right? Like, how can I stay? That's evolution. That's what we're doing. But every time we get thrown off, it is one of those amazing moments to go, this rocked me. This got me. This thing got me. It just totally knocked me off my center, knocked me off balance. I don't feel aligned. I don't feel good. I am angry, right? Or I am sad, or I'm fucking hurt, or I feel betrayed, right? To just love up all of that stuff. But for us to know that that's, that's huge opportunity, huge opportunity for growth for transformation. So I will say that these last few weeks have been wild on my side, wild. Because like, I don't wanna, I, I'm not trying to talk, oh, I'm so wonderful and great, but it kind of takes a little bit to throw me off, off off of my center, off of my balance point, out of connection. Like it's, it's gonna have to, you know, and for those of you who've been on this path for a long time, you freaking know, like there are women here who are, way further along this path than I am. And you know, it takes a life tsunami to take you off your path, right? It takes massive shit going on, right? Like maybe it's you need to be sued for some shit. You need some other lies to come into your life. You need your relationship to end, your mom to die. I know I'm sounding wild and insane here, but that's the path, that's this path. That's what we get to look forward to, right? So for me, when the wildness of the world comes in, it is like a divine storm of holy shit. Like, I literally look up and I go, how are you this good to craft the divine perfect storm that you were just able to craft for me. It's like you created the most perfect Sabrina workshop. You've created the Sabrina retreat for my life, right? Like, how did you do that? How are you so good that you made this happen and this happen and this happen and this happen all so that I could get chucked off of alignment, I could get chucked out of my center, out of my connection, and I could be over here going, this hurts like hell, because it's not, it's, it's not nice over here. Like, let's be honest, it's not nice when the sword comes back at you and you're shining a light down your throat, into your guts, like, wow, where is that hidden little gem, right? It's not nice, it doesn't feel good, but this is where the biggest growth is at. The biggest growth, the biggest transformation. This is when I get to see things that I would never, ever, ever, ever in a million years see, right? And it's, it's the perfect storm. 
And so feel into that for your own life. Whenever these wild events start to occur in your life, instead of looking outside at them, right? And blaming outside of you, blaming the sister next to you for causing the chaos or blaming um, Bobby Joe across the circle for being blonde and fucking beautiful and sexual as hell and has like 30 men falling all over her and you're just lonely as shit and you just want a date for a Friday night, but you can't seem to get one, right? Instead of going out like, meh, 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 what the hell's going on with me? What is this showing me? What is the gift for me? This is a divine storm. I am in my own workshop. Your life is your own workshop. Your life is your own retreat. And it literally lines up to help us evolve and to get more conscious, to become more loved, to become our authentic selves, to become so divinely aligned, right? That we're just oozing divinity. We're on, we're on that alignment. We're open, we're loving, we're joy, like life is freaking good. It's amazing to me. It is amazing to me when we can start to see it from that place. And when we can start to see it from that place, we understand that these intense times are the most fruitful times. They are the most fruitful. They are the most transformative. They are brilliant beyond belief. So that seems to be not a whole lot about sisterhood specifically, um, but it is, so it is. Probably the last thing that I want to say is whatever container you're choosing to work in. I shouldn't even say work in. And, and we all know when I say the word work in, I mean like doing our awakening work in. It can be workshops. It can be retreats. It can be life. It can be a tantric relationship. But I don't want to use the word work in. I want to say Wherever we are putting a lot of our energy, wherever we're putting a lot of our emotion, wherever we're putting a lot of our heart, that becomes our workshop. That becomes our space of transformation for those of us on this path. And I don't think you would be here if you weren't on this path of awakening. So if you are in a tantric relationship, a very committed relationship, a deeply loving, intimate relationship, it's going to become a cauldron because you've got a lot of emotion in there. You've got a lot of your essence in there. You have a lot of your being in there. It becomes this container of love and trust. So you can explore these parts of self, right? Now, for some of us, it's not relationship. For some of us, it happens to be family, right? Feel into that. For some of us, it's family. For others of us, it's sisterhood. It's sisterhood. That's where we put our hearts. That's where we come to the table, raw, open, vulnerable. That's where we're putting our trust. But when you do that, and especially when you're held in a cauldron that has the aim of big, quick, wild transformation, by the way, that's rewilding, when you're held in a cauldron of that and every woman in that circle holds that same intention, what's gonna happen is those things are gonna start to come out 
and they're going to start to play out in this container. They're not playing out in your relationship. They're not playing out in your family. They're playing out in this container. And it's beautiful when the space is held for it. It's beautiful when it's appropriate space, when it's held, when it's honored, when it's considered one of those containers where you can do that. Like a retreat or a mystery school or a workshop, right? Those are very, very held spaces. This, we are still very much responsible for ourselves, right? I, the rewilding team, the women here, like we can do everything that we want to hold this space. But there are still 32,000 women who are a part of rewilding. There's, last time I looked at the podcast, there were over 100,000 women who are some way part of rewilding. And hell yeah, like my job is definitely to infuse us with as much love and as much Shakti as I can. That's my job. That's what I'm here to do. But we also just have to really, really be conscious. Where are we doing the work? Where is a safe place for, my, for me to do the work, right? And that's different for all of us. That is very different for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> it's big. This is big. This is big. Especially right now around our relationship to other women especially around our relationship to group, right? Medusa Athena, Medusa was a part of a group. She was part of a sacred group. It was a temple, right? She was a celibate priestess. So that can be coming up for you right now is what is my relationship to group? Have I been wounded by group? Have I been wounded by sisterhood? Have I been wounded by woman, right? This is huge. It's huge. And it's so open for us. So those of us listening to this live or just after this podcast gets published, it is going to be big. It's going to play out for about the next six months, six to 12 months, they say, for eclipse energy. And this is what this eclipse is ending on, right? So eclipse season ends on this, plus it's a new moon eclipse, which means new beginnings, new beginnings. This is so big. This is so big. And doing this work is so, wow, we have to be vigilant. We have to be so vigilant and we have to be willing for it to hurt. Here's the last thing that I want to share about this. It is very, no, 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 I don't want to say it like that. For most of us, like 99% of us, it is so much easier for us to go into how we've been wounded and how we've been hurt. And it is so much harder to go into when we were the perpetrators, when we were the ones wounding, when we were the ones hurting. See that? It's so much easier for us to go into the Medusa story and to feel into Medusa and go, yeah, I've been Medusa, I've been betrayed, I've been hurt. I've been abused, I've been kicked out, right? Just for following my heart, which was marrying Poseidon or, or having said whatever. But the flip side and what we have an opportunity to do right now is to go into when we were Athena, when we did that. And it doesn't have to be big, like turning someone to a snake-headed gorgon. 
It's every time we have a wicked thought about somebody. Every time we do a judgment or a criticism, a comparison. Every fucking time that we try to tear a sister down, right? Every, t- every time we do that, that's part of that thing. Every time we feel jealous or we feel less than, right? That's an easier one to feel into. Every time you feel less than, that is still not nice. That's still Athena, shadow, right? This is hard. This is not easy. And we have so much protection around this. Your mind might be spinning. It might be spinning. I know what my mind does when it doesn't want to go somewhere. It starts to make it very confusing, right? And I know a lot of women's minds do this and a lot of men that I work with. It's suddenly, it's like, wait, I just got really confused in it, in a concept that's not really that confusing, but it's one of the defense mechanisms that we can do is I, I'm not ready to see that part of myself, right? So I get very confused or everything gets cloudy or hazy or I get really sleepy, right? Suddenly if I start feeling like I'm yawning and I'm just wanting to take a nap, great defense mechanism, Sabrina. That's clearly a place that you do not want to go into, right? So that's a big part of the know thyself. Know thyself. When are those things coming up? When are those defense mechanisms coming up, those protection mechanisms, honoring them, loving them, but telling them like, hey, I love you, but I don't need you. I don't need you anymore. Like right now, I'm actually trying to get in there so I can excavate the shit that's in the basement. That's really hard for me to see. And sometimes it's really hard to do this work on our own. So that's where it's beautiful to be in workshop space. It's beautiful to have soul friends, Anamkaras. That's like the most lovely word on the planet. My Anamkara, one of them, is on this live stream, and I love her dearly. Um, And it's those people who can help to shine the light, who can help us to see. It's things like this, just having these conversations together, right? It's finding the spaces where you can go into things like that, where it can be held where it can be loved, where it can be witnessed, where it can be honored. Finding that, doing whatever calls you, right? Feeling into it and just trusting that. All right, this was amazing. I'm so grateful um, for all of you for being here. Um, I've absolutely loved this topic. This was actually inspired by a post in the Facebook group yesterday. I asked the question, what the hell does this group mean to you? Why are you here? What do you love? And what do you not love about this Facebook group? Um, and so many of you left so many beautiful responses. Um, I think as you've seen, like rewilding is under the microscope. I wrote that in the Facebook group. I said rewilding is currently under the microscope. And I got a couple questions like, whose microscope? Is it Facebook's microscope? Are we in trouble? It's, it's, it's my microscope. It's, it's mine. Um, and this is part of, of where I'm at and what's, what's been going on too. And just to share with all of you, because you're part of the rewilding community in some way, some form or fashion, might be in a big way, might be in a little way. But to share with you that everything that we do is right now under the microscope. Every single thing that has rewilding for women's name on it is being looked at. And it is being looked at deeply, intensely from a standpoint of what platforms can and cannot hold the work that we're wanting to bring into the world, the practices that we're wanting to bring into the world, 
the divine feminine that we're wanting to bring into the world, the divine masculine that we're wanting to bring into the world, the deep, quick, rapid, wild transformation that we're wanting to bring into the world, what's supportive, what's not supportive, what needs to fall away, what needs to be rebirthed. Um, So just know that everything is absolutely under the microscope. Um, That means this podcast, that means these live streams, that means our Facebook group, that means our inner circle, that means mystery schools, that means workshops, that means retreats, that means our website, that means our newsletter, that means how we talk about retreats and how we talk about things that we do in the world. It means community. It means all of it. Um, It is every single word that we use to describe rewilding so that there is as little confusion and as little lost in translation as possible. Um, Yeah, it's... It's a really interesting time right now. Um, it's wild and beautiful and exciting as well. Really exciting to just watch <laughs> the death for the rebirth, to watch the stepping up, to watch the transformation. And I'm really grateful to all of you who've Um, been a part of the community or who've just come into the community for all of you who've given some feedback Um, it's all being heard it's all being heard it's all being felt into here's an interesting thing it's being felt into from a place of is this wisdom right is this wisdom is this wisdom that's coming from the highest place to help us move forward That's what everything in rewilding is being looked at from. Where is the highest vibrational stuff, right? What doesn't match anymore? What needs to go? What words need to go? All of it. Um, Yeah. Just a small feat. So I wish I could say that this was going to happen by tomorrow. It's definitely not. It's going to be a couple weeks. Um, But please know that We've heard so much of what's been shared and we're grateful for it. And and we're just loving the crap out of you all. (laughs) Loving the crap out of you all and inspired. So I wouldn't have done this live stream had you not left those comments yesterday. That was was your gift to me. Um, So I'm grateful for it. All right. That's enough rambling on. I have huge, 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 huge love for you. Huge love for our community. Huge love for what we're doing. And I'm sending you big yumminess around walking into this palace Athena, walking into some of these darker, more hidden places. All right. Bye, ladies. Thank you.